The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hi, and welcome to It's Relatable on Mind, Body, Spirit FM, where we talk about all things relationship. I'm your host, Carrie O'Driscoll, and I'm so happy you're here. Get comfortable, and let's dig in. Hi, everybody. Today's episode is going to be a short one um, because I don't have a guest with me this time. But I wanted to share something I've been thinking about lately, thanks to a couple of interactions I've had with some pretty amazing humans. So I'll start with this first one. I have a dear, beloved friend whose life has been shot through with trauma, these really horrific experiences beginning with her early infancy. She is amazing and courageous and, like so many of us, unsure of her own worth. And on more than one occasion, she has asked me to remind her that she is not a burden. Her stories are not a burden. That holding space for her as she works through all of the grief and pain that was handed to her is not a burden. And I have happily complied with that request. And yet lately, I have begun to shift my understanding of all of that a little bit. Because of what I know about us humans as biological creatures living in these animal bodies governed by our instincts, and what I know about the way that we were designed, which is to say that we were not placed here on this planet as some sort of separate entity, we are just as intertwined with everything else on the planet as any other part of nature. We thrive in relationship. We are supposed to recognize how we are connected to everything around us and work within that matrix. But our dominant Western cultural values praise individuality and independence. And the systems we live in rely on us moving through the world in that way. Workplaces encourage competition among staff members to increase profits. Schools measure student performance against one another. In a lot of these spaces, we pay lip service to collaboration and we talk about community, but those things are often more promotional than actual lived experience. We are still encouraged, by and large, to do our healing alone, one-on-one with a therapist, or by reading a self-help book and journaling. We're told that self-care is important, but the reason these things haven't helped us yet despite the absolute glut of products on the market offering meditation practices and journal prompts and somatic therapy and DIY healing, is because they are counter to the very nature of our biology. We are designed to be in relationship with one another. Our very physiology relies on our connections 
to each other. I won't go into all of the science, but literally all of our biological systems rely on communication with other beings, rely on resourcing ourselves from other beings. So self-help is kind of nice, but community support is even better. We're supposed to be held in community, community that doesn't charge us, that doesn't measure precisely who contributes what and when, community that doesn't call us out if we require more resources than another member of the group from time to time. So much of what we talk about in regards to healing is focused on specific practices, therapy, exercise regimens, diet. And again, it's really individual. But our grief and traumas, our wounds, come as a result of being in relationship to others and the world around us. So what makes us think that we can isolate ourselves and go heal from those things without the web of relationships that we were in that caused that trauma and grief? We tell people that if they heal themselves, they will have a profound impact on the people around them. But we neglect to realize that we can't truly heal ourselves. Being in community means being impacted by other people in all the ways. Feeling loved, cared for, sharing joy, and also sharing burdens with each other. Knowing that when we have a heavy weight, we don't have to do that alone. So now, when this friend asks me to remind her that she is not a burden... I think my response will be different. Yes, it is heavy and hard to shoulder some of the weight of witnessing her trauma with her. And I am happy to do it. Because I care for her, because she is a human being worthy of love and respect, which all human beings are, I am more than willing to help her hold this messy ball of roots while she works to untangle it. Corrine Bell is a mindfulness, embodiment, and somatics teacher, and she talks about some of the ways we've been impacted by our cultural upbringing as if we are potted plants. The roots of a potted plant take on the shape of the pot as they grow because they are constrained. If we are required to grow within a particular system of oppression, gender, race, class stereotypes, for example, Our roots never get beyond the container to develop in a way that is more organic and interconnected and, dare I say, natural. Again, our dominant Western cultural ideals thrive when we are all separate from each other, growing in our own individual pots. We are more easily cultivated, controlled, and the conditions we grow in are easier to manage. Fewer weeds, no worries about one plant taking more resources than others. But this limits our ability to communicate, interact, share resources. Human beings have a natural inclination to grow and reach for others and be in relationship. And when we can't, we suffer. But often when we find opportunities to break free of those pots, it takes time and a concerted effort to tease the roots open again and expose them to something new. They want to continue growing in that same pattern because that's what they know. It feels safe. And the vulnerability of having your tender roots out in the world is frightening. I think about the root patterns as our behavior and belief patterns. 
As we grow up, we develop particular ways of thinking and being in the world, both by ourselves and in relationship. These manifest as neural connections, neural pathways in our brains and bodies. And the more those beliefs and behaviors are reinforced by our culture, by the container we're growing in, the stronger they get. During the adolescent years, which is ages 10 to 24-ish, those neural pathways we use the most become superhighways because our brains are driven to create efficiency. And they do this in part by creating what is called a myelin sheath around specific nerve connections, essentially insulating them and making them easier to travel. There are first-line pathways, if you will. So think about it this way. Have you ever had the experience of setting out to go somewhere in your car, you let your mind wander, and suddenly you end up at your destination without really remembering how you got there? Or you set out to go somewhere new and you let your mind wander and accidentally you end up at home or at work, somewhere you go over and over and over again. What's happening is our nervous systems are taking over and using our muscle memory and those neural pathways, those myelinated pathways to guide us somewhere that is familiar, the places we are accustomed to. And this is important. They do that whether or not those are healthy, adaptive behaviors. They do that because those are the superhighways that we're used to traveling. So it's important to note that if we want to shift our belief and behavior patterns, we have to slow down. We have to be intentional. We have to pay attention and be willing to reorient ourselves over and over again. But this is not something we can do alone, which I imagine is by design. We need to be in community in order to practice getting comfortable in community. We have to be held by others who are willing to show up and remind us that we want to be held this way. People who will gently course correct us when we go back to our independent tendencies and want to isolate. Undoing all of those root-bound lessons we've learned is frightening, and often we end up questioning whether or not we deserve this kind of care and consideration and love. I fully expect that it will be hard for my friend to hear that, yes, it is heavy and hard to help hold her traumas, and perhaps her first knee-jerk reaction will be to shrink back and feel guilty for even asking for help or asking me to witness. But what happens if we can shift our perspective to accept that sometimes we will show up with pain or grief that feels almost like it's too much, and that it's okay to ask for help even and especially then? This is why I think it's so important for us to have networks of caring people. The more of us there are, the more we can hold. When someone is in crisis, And there's one person who's great at logistics, another person who's great at organizing meals, someone who can show up to sit with the person who is suffering, another individual who can crowdsource money to provide basic needs. We all share the weight and nobody gets overwhelmed or burned out. That diversity of community is amazing. There is nothing shameful or wrong about needing to be part of a community like that. This is what we were built for. So last week, I was talking with a friend 
who went through a really awful breakup recently. She's working to examine some of the beliefs and ideas she holds about herself in the wake of that breakup. At one point, she told me her former partner had accused her of being, quote, too broken to be in a relationship with. And she wondered if that was actually true. She has certainly suffered a great deal of trauma in her life. And my first reaction was this overwhelming sadness that anyone could ever believe that they are too anything to be in relationship. We are supposed to be connected to one another. There may indeed be people who aren't able to be with us because of our specific traumas and theirs, but that doesn't mean we don't deserve to be held in care and consideration by anyone at all. I'm going to say it again. We are harmed in community. We cannot heal in isolation. So while one particular romantic relationship doesn't work out, or maybe several in a row don't work out, it doesn't mean you are too X to be in a relationship. Maybe it means that the people you're drawn to are not healed enough on their own to be able to hold space for you as you heal. And that's okay. But none of us is supposed to be alone. Our communities of care may look very different from one another, depending on our individual experiences and where we are on our root-bound journeys, but no matter how much healing we have to do, we all deserve to do it in spaces where we are welcomed and cherished, and the more diverse the community is, the more nimble it will be at responding to needs. I also want to point out the absolute necessity of making sure our communities prioritize joy and play and rest. These things are also challenging to indulge in thanks to our cultural norms, but they are things that cement connections between us. When we feel resourced, cared for, and safe, we're able to access our creativity. And it's important to remember that human beings have always been creative, often for no other reason than to feel joy and pleasure. We are driven to build, create, explore, sing, dance. We don't have to earn the time to do those things. They are a necessary and vital part of what it means to be human. And when we prioritize those things, we are able to deepen our ability to hold fast during the challenging times. I started this podcast to examine all kinds of relationships as a sort of antidote to our overriding cultural values around independence. I truly believe that the more we recognize just how vital it is to be connected to each other and the world around us, the more we can begin to shift our ways of being to come together and thrive. It can be incredibly uncomfortable to lean into community, to prioritize play and rest, to not only ask for help, but to open up and receive it. And yet I think that this is how we all heal together. It will take time, intention, and practice for us to do this. And often it takes suspending our disbelief as well. Most of us have an inner voice that says that other people are worthy of unconditional love, but we aren't. Not really. And that is rooted in the way that we've been taught that our value is tied to our productivity and all of the ways we have grown into the systems that extract from us, that see us as machines here to do work. Unlearning that 
and beginning to believe that it is the most natural thing in the world for us to thrive together, to support each other logistically and emotionally and spiritually, that is game-changing, paradigm-shifting, healing work. And it is work, but it is work that will liberate us all that will help us all to feel safer and more beloved, free to lay back in the knowledge that there is nothing we can't tackle when we do together. There will be times when all of us are a quote-unquote burden, when our challenges seem overwhelming and logistically impossible, and that is all the more reason for us to be held in care and love in a group of people who can distribute the weight. There is not one of us that is too much to be in relationship with. There is not one of us that is too anything to be in relationship with. And the sooner we start practicing that and living that way, the better life is going to be for all of us. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for sharing it with other folks. I really am interested to hear what people say. I want this to be a conversation. I want it to be a relationship. I don't want it to be transactional. So please reach out to me with thoughts and ideas. You can disagree with me. That's cool. Let's talk about that. If you have ideas for future guests, absolutely hit me up. But more than anything, just know that I'm out here rooting for you. Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I'm here hoping that things get better from here on out. All right. Thanks again. Have a great day. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of It's Relatable. I'm your host, Carrie O'Driscoll, and you can find links to all the things we talked about on this episode in the show notes on the webpage for the podcast at mindbodyspirit.fm. Please reach out to me with questions, comments, and ideas for the show and download episodes and leave reviews on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you stream podcasts. If you like, subscribe, and follow, You'll be sure to get updated whenever there's a new show to listen to. The music at the beginning and the end of the show is a clip from a song called Get By. It was written by Lauren O'Driscoll, Alexander Parker Lawrence, and Moses Ray Walker. The song is performed by Lorelai and Sam Rydell, and you can find the whole amazing song wherever you stream music. I highly recommend it if you need a mood lifter. I also want to give a shout out to Moses Walker for helping me produce this podcast. He is always and forever making these technical things seem so much more doable for me. And I am grateful for his expertise and advice. Until next time, take care, mind your relationships, and be well, everyone. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. 
Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.